0: Live from the MMB Radio studios. It's your boy MixMan's Day B here for MMB Radio as part of MMB Sports. And on the phone lines right now I have LFL Hall of Famer, Monique Gaxiola. How are you?
1: Good. Thanks for having me. How's
0: it going? Awesome. And I- I'm great that you know that you're able to come on. There's so much I want to talk about today because um, as I mentioned, you do play for the LFL, which uh, formerly was known as the Lingerie Football League, now is known as the Legends Football League. Um, So how long have you been playing in the league? Um,
1: I've been playing since it first started as a league back in 2009. Um, It was the halftime Super Bowl show um, or the pay-per-view event um, in 2003. Um, And it was just a one-game event where it was more of models, celebrities, and so forth, you know, just out there playing lingerie football. So, in 2009, um, the league owner decided to turn it into a league, and I've been playing since, and over the years, I have been able to watch the sport develop um, within the athletes. Again, back in 2009, it was legitimately still lingerie football, but today, you know, we have a Legends Football League, and we have great athletes, and it's developed into a global sport.
0: I was going to say now a lot of uh, there's a lot of different versions of it right across the globe. There's different versions of it, and I saw in Australia, and then there's, know, there's a couple other leagues that are forming. They're all under the same umbrella.
1: Um, well, we did have actually. Um, speaking of Australia, about two years ago, if I'm not mistaken, on um, the Legends Football League, we uh, we had a league out there for three months. Um, I was one of three players that did play. Um, it was under the same you know league owner. And that was, uh, there were four teams out there, and uh, we had a TV deal, and everything was great. The Australians are very receptive to it. Now, what you probably see now is um, I believe it's the Ladies Gridiron League in Australia. It's still familiar faces with the women that did play in the LFL, um, but also in Mexico, you know, there's these different leagues around the world that, you know, the LFL has inspired um, either because we've had all star games out there. Um, We've taken the league out there, or, you know, it's just they've seen it on TV. So worldwide, you know, there are some forms of the uh, Legends Football League, but not in a sense the actual, you know, LFL.
0: Now something I had mentioned is that at first when you you heard of the lingerie Football League, it almost seemed like gimmicky, almost seemed like a publicity stunt. You know, (laughs) it was. at what point did it kind of turn, other than year-wise, at what point did the owner of the league decide to say, you know what, we don't want to just market this as, you know, for lack of better wording, you know, like an ass and TV show and Mm -hmm. (laughs) make it a competitive sport. Like at what point where they are like, you know, this could be really something where we can have real athletes and not just models who don't know anything about sports.
1: Well, when it was a pay-per-view event, obviously that was, you know, the marketing aspect um, to show women in lingerie. And so in 2009, the first season, we still had that mindset. And after a while, um, we started to attract more athletes. And so in order for the sport to grow and develop, um, we knew that it was only a matter of time that the sport was going to change. And I would say second season is when we started to pick up and attract more athletes because, um, you know, they were – word of mouth or, you know, somebody they knew was playing and they were an athlete themselves. So over the years, um, the sport kind of developed itself. And so we knew that the reason why people were coming to watch us was because, in a sense, we're in lingerie football or lingerie gear. And once people started to show up to games, we had to keep their attention. You know, we can take a couple of models let them run around the field and that's only going to, you know, attract so many people. But now, um, you know, in order to keep those people in the seat, in order to keep our fans, we have to have those athletes. And so it's, like I said, it kind of developed in and of itself. It wasn't a sense where, uh, our league owner said, okay, well now, you know, we need pure athletes. It just, that's what we began to attract and it kind of developed in itself over the years.
0: So they did away with the lingerie. It's now more like, like a, I guess, like a workout gear you would say, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you know, shorts Mm -hmm. and all that. Um, were you turned off at first by the fact that it was a lingerie and then like, or were you embracing that? It was like, okay, great. Now I can finally do real sports stuff.
1: Um, uh, no, I've never been, um, I've never been in a sense looked at, I've never looked at the uniform as lingerie. Um, to me, I feel that, uh, you know, it's something that empowers women, you know, we work so hard for our bodies. And I know so many people can look down upon, you know, whatever it is or however they want to view the Laundry Football League or the Legends Football League. But in the sense, you have these bikini competitors and you have, you know, these women that work so hard, men and women that work so hard for their body to show it off for those, you know, that one competition. And I feel like within the Legends Football League, you know, we could wear the full kit, but I like wearing what we wear because it shows off the hard work, the dedication that we put into our sport. Our sport is a lot more fast-paced than the 11-11 uh, full contact, you know, the the full um, women's football league, uh, which there is. But I feel that the the uniform just is a unique thing, and um, I enjoy wearing it. You know, I don't have a problem with it at all. And never have. You know, my family and friends support me to the fullest. So even if um, even you know, if I it, the thing is that I have a big support system. So it just I've never had a problem with the uniform. Like I said, I love it. I embrace it, and it's you know. It's unique.
0: Now, I kind of did some research, and I kind of read mm-hmm. your story, and you've been through a lot to get to where <laughs> you're at now. Kind of take everybody through the whole journey of because uh, you had started off uh, playing soccer, and yep. you, you've had multiple injuries, more than mm-hmm. most people could probably endure and come back from. So kind of explain mm-hmm. that for people who don't know your background. Oh, goodness. Well,
1: um, I grew up in soccer. Um, I started at the age of five, and then from there – um, I played in high school and then I also played uh, a little bit of um, high school football with the boys. Um, but I decided to focus more on soccer. Um, I went to junior college and then transferred to uh, the university of Southern California. Um, I played for the Mexican national team for a few years. I um, won a national championship at USC back in 2007. So after my soccer career, I, um, there really wasn't an outlet or, I mean, I I was playing in indoor leagues at soccer or, you know, just these, uh, these semi pro leagues. And when lingerie football came about, it sparked my interest because it gave us a platform to, to show the world in a sense, you know, who we are as athletes um, and beautiful women. And so for me, you know, soccer, it it does have that, but um, you know, after a while, you know, the Mexican national team stopped calling me back, and so you know, my my um, my career ended there with them, and that was fine. And so I needed something else, and so I've been an athlete my entire life, and it was just I was lacking that. Um, the injuries came about uh, my first season, um, right before we started playing in the in the first 2009 league in the LFL. Um, that practice, I tweaked my name. Got an MRI and found out it was an old ACL tear that I had torn, um, about a year prior playing soccer. Didn't know I had the tear in there. And so I did physical therapy. I wore any brace that first season. Um, going into the second season, we had an all-star game over in, uh, Monterey, Mexico. And uh, so we all LFL. And, um, after the first kickoff, um, uh, I tore my ACL. Um, yeah, on, on kickoff, I tore my ACL. I went uh, to the sidelines. I had them take me back up. I said, I can walk. I'm fine. There was no need for it, but, you know, my ego kicked in, went back out there, went to make a tackle, and then something else popped, and I believe that's when my meniscus uh, tore. Um, scoped out my meniscus, and my ACL still has a tear in and it's not me. And I've just been able to play, you know, with with tearing my ACL. I don't know what it is. I built a muscle around it. But, uh, those are pretty much my major injuries. And I think in a sense, it's just, it's helped me develop into the, to the player and the person that I am, because, you know, even when I found out about that first ACL injury, you know, I was walking on it. Um, you know, I was using crutches a little bit when I got the MRI results, everybody was telling me like, there's no way your ACL can be tearing. You've been walking on it. Oh, sure. enough, there is a tear in the ACL. So I, I don't know, um, what it is, but, um, I, I enjoy the challenge of, of having injuries, as crazy as it sounds, you know, because people doubt you. Um, the minute they find out that you're hurt, they, you know, they check you off and they count you out. And, and that's happened to me plenty of times within the LFL. You know, I've had to earn my spot back. And I've always told my coaches, I don't, want, I don't want, want my position to be given to me when I come back. I want to fight for it. And I want the best seven on the field at all times. And if I'm not the best fit for that job, put somebody else out there. And so it's been difficult, you know, coming back for injuries. Um, I've had players that have stepped up into my position, um, but, you know, I've managed to earn my spot back. And, you know, it's just – like I said, it's been a wild ride. And, you know, injuries uh, have happened, but um, I'm still here.
0: Now you mentioned that your ego kicked in. And I Mm -hmm. I want to note on that because I was looking at different photos of you playing and everything – you you gotta explain this to me because there are some photos where you look sweet and innocent. And you're like, oh, she's so adorable, and then there's other photos where you look like a legit badass. <laughs> so but, who who, uh, what, who are you really like? Is it just uh, do you turn into this different person on the field or like how, what is your personality like on and off the field? Uh, I
1: feel like that that's the uh, the beauty of this sport you know, um, off the field you've got beautiful, strong, athletic women and then you get on the field and it's just it's this whole different personality that you can just be yourself out there. And that's the biggest issue that we um we do have with some women. You know, we want them to to find that inner beast, to find that loose screw and it's it's not in a lot of women. They may be athletes from all different, you know, athletic backgrounds. They hit the football field and they just don't know how to embrace that because even playing soccer for myself, um, I hit a point in my career where I was very egotistical at a young age. I thought, you know, I was a badass, um, and it didn't get me very far. So I knew that I had to change that and humble myself down. And once I did that, I found that my level of play spoke for itself. So then coming back to play, starting football, I didn't know how to do that because I had to reprogram myself to not be that way. But then coming on the football field, it, it was encouraged. It was allowed. And so I think I've always had that, but I just have drawn it back playing different sports. But football, if, like I said, if you're a beast and and it just comes out, it just, it's natural. And a lot of girls, you know, from different sports backgrounds, they do struggle with that, you know? So I, I feel that if you can just, you know, lay somebody out and stand over them, and, and just it's it, it's all in that moment, and you know your emotions take the best of you. So, but again, the LFL embraces that, and that's you know the best part of it.
0: Well, I have to say, looking at some of these photos, as much as I would love to have you spear me and tackle me, I'm probably running the <laughs> other way because some of these pictures will literally scare the shit out of you. <laughs> but that's awesome that you're able to channel that inner uh, that inner beast that you uh, you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. Now, tell me a little bit about the LFL for people who are, like, the basic rules. Um, I've seen photos where it looks like you guys are playing in arenas, but then I've also mm-hmm. seen you guys playing on open-air fields. So, like, what is what is the major differences between, say, the LFL and, say, arena football or the mm-hmm. NFL?
1: We pretty much have um, the same rules as arena, in a sense. Like, um, the outdoor and indoor arenas. Are the uh, Yeah, the stadiums and the, the indoor arenas, um, they vary based on city. Uh, we did try to keep it indoor, but, you know, we first started here in L.A. at the L.A. Coliseum the first two seasons. We moved to indoor for three seasons, and then we moved back to the Coliseum. Um, up in Seattle, they've always had indoor arenas. So it just depends on um, which city we're in and what venue is available to us. Um, but it is a 50-yard field by 30. Um, there's seven on seven, full contact. Um, there's three down linemen on offense. Um, you've got two receivers running back and a quarterback on defense. It's, um, you've got a middle linebacker. You've got two defensive ends. Um, you've got two corners and two safeties. Um, the crazy thing about um, our game is that uh, on offense, everybody's eligible. You can send out anybody you want. And um, on defense, anybody can rush at any time. So, uh, it's just it's like I said, it's, it's there's similarities to you know arena and whatnot. Um, we don't have field goals. You know, we have um, extra points. Um, it's either you go for one or two. I believe it's uh um, on the two yard line and the three yard line. Um, but yeah, it's it's still football at the end of the day. Um, but like I said, a lot of people still are very skeptical about it because they think it's the lingerie football. And it's funny because when you mention legends football, people are still confused by it. And when you refer back to lingerie, they know exactly what you're talking about. So that pretty much uh, is how, you know, our game is played.
0: Well, that's that's just guys' mindsets. where We, we we're, our ears perk up when we hear things like lingerie more than we do when yeah. we hear legends. Um yeah. But that's something I also wanted to address too. Like, how do you feel about, like, people looking at you as, like, say, a, a sex object? And, you know, like, how... Do you you still get guys and fans that are, you know, looking at it as, you know, oh, they're not real athletes? And, like, how do you combat something like that?
1: Oh, of course. You know, you're always going to have people that support you that are positive, and you're always going to have negative people. Um, The only thing that we try to tell you know the people that are still um, not on board with us is, you know, come watch a game. And if you still have that same mindset, or watch a game on TV, then okay. You know, we can't can't win everybody over. Um, But – we do have a lot of positive feedback and that's something that we try to focus on. You know, um, there's blogs and there's everything all across the board, you know, there's comments and so forth. And that's, there's always going to be that regardless if we're playing lingerie football or not, you know, if you know, there's, there, there's always going to be negative people, no matter what you do. Um, it's just a matter of how much you pay attention and how much you let that affect you. Um, I feel that, like I said, with the, the laundry football, of course, of course, that's, we, that's what our goal was set out to do is attract men, you know, because we have sex appeal, but now that, like I said, we've taken a different turn and the sport has drawn so many athletes that we, we want you to look at how good we look, but we also want you to see how hard we, you know, we play. And so there's, it's fine. If, If we do attract those certain, um, not even just men, but women too, um, because of our sex appeal, I'm all for it, but you know, watch how hard we play. And I hope we wouldn't go over that way too. So, again the negative comments are always going to be there no matter if you're doing things the right way or the wrong way um like i said the, the full con- the the 11 on 11 um women's full tackle um people still look down upon them well you guys are trying to be men what are you doing out there you women don't know how to play football no matter no matter what we do football is a male dominant sport whether it's in you know in lingerie or in the in the full kit you know so
0: now it's worth noting that you are a member of the LFL Hall of Fame, first ever member, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Now, how how did that come about? Because you're, you're start, still currently playing, right? Do they have, like, a rule where you have to be retired? and?
1: No. Um, I might be wrong on this one, um, but I believe you have to have at least four years under your belt um, in order to be considered um, um, as one of the inductees. It's run a little bit different. You know, the LFL, we play by our own rules in a sense. Um, You don't have to be retired. So for me, when we found out um, that I was being inducted, my family and I, it was, I was taken back. And because I, like I said, I've always thought the same thing, you know, you have to be retired, but um, it was more in a sense to celebrate everything that I've accomplished within the LSL and everything that, you know, we've accomplished within the league over the years. You know, I'm very, one of very, very, very few players that has been here since 2009. And, you know, it's, it's an honor and a privilege to, like I said, the Hall of Fame in any sport is um, is a huge accomplishment. Um, and so, like I said, I was a little taken back because my thought process was like, wait a minute, I'm still playing. Does it, are you guys forcing me re- to retire? Is this, you know, like <laughs> a... trying to force you out the door. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, um, and no, not at all. So what they did the first is that there were four candidates, and then, you know, they elected one, and uh, it happened to be myself. And like I said, it was just um, an honor to to represent the first hall of fame of the LFL. And it was like, I said, it was just a shock. Um, this past season, um, we had another induction, um, Elizabeth, uh, Gorman who played, um, since 2009, but she no longer plays now. She's retired. So when she was inducted, I, you know, I figured that makes sense. She's retired. She, um, she left a, um, a great legacy behind was a great player. Um, you know, back when she played. And so, um, you know, she's part of the Hall of Fame with myself and so I feel that, you know, it's just there's there's nothing greater than um than you know what we've we've accomplished with that. So again I don't I don't know if it was a hint to to retire, but I'm not retiring anytime soon. So
0: So you're not heading nowhere anytime soon. You're gonna get, continue to be uh on the field and doing your thing?
1: Yeah, you know, um every everybody always asks every season, you know, is this your last? Is this your last? Or are you are you not is it your last? Let me back up are you playing next year? Mm -hmm. And my answer is always, well, of course, you know. um, It's, I don't know what it's like not to have to go to practice, not to have to train for something. You know, that's how I've been programmed since I was five years old. And it's what I love to do. Um, And, you know, there's been talk that they'd like me to coach. Um, For me, I'm not ready to coach. You know, I'm still, I'm not that young, um, but I feel that I'm still at an age where, I'm the same age as a lot of players or, you know, within the same age range that I'm not going to gain the respect as a coach that's, you know, a little bit older, that has been in the game a little bit longer. And we have we have male coaches all across, you know, the league. We've had a couple here and there as assistants. But, um, yeah, every year, you know, like I said, I just, I tell them, of course, I'm coming back. And, you know, I, I don't know when I'm going to retire. I can't tell you if I have another two years left, but it's just one year at a time at this point.
0: No, what what do you like to do when you're not playing football? Like, what is a normal day for you?
1: Uh, well, what I like to do or what I do, <laughs> two different things. Um, I I run an after school program for elementary school kids. I'm also a constant trainer. Um, now, what I like to do in my off time is um, sleep and uh, hang out with friends, and I you know I enjoy drinking. Um, I'm a young, you know, 20-year-old, so that's uh, obviously a given. But, you know, I love watching sports. Um, you know, I'm a big sports fan. So anything that has to do with sports, drinking, you know, hanging out with friends, I'm all for it.
0: I'm a very, very busy body. I was going to say, now, is there any kind of music that you like? or that you, Is there any, like, hobbies that you have other than drinking and partying?
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> it's not just drinking and partying. Um you know, I football. You know, CrossFit is is my hobby. Um, CrossFit and football are my hobby, and I know you say anything outside of football, but that's that's what I enjoy. And even though that we're in off season, um, we all miss it. Um, you know, that's I, I hit up my quarterback all the time. You know, can we go run routes? And that's what I that's what I do on my off time or for fun is running routes with my quarterback or going into the CrossFit gym and you know getting a workout in. Um, that's, in a sense, those are my hobbies and what I do on my off time. And, of course, I enjoy music, but I'm not, you know, a fanatic where I'm, you know, so far into it that I'm at concerts or, you know, whatnot. But it's pretty much, like I said, football is, is my hobby. It's
0: my escape from reality. Well, I definitely respect the fact that you're a student of the game. And um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the way we kind of got started on having you on the podcast is i definitely seen you tweet out something. And I definitely said mm-hmm. I was going to make note of this. <laughs> so three days ago, you tweeted out, single life is definitely getting old. So mm-hmm. w- what's the deal with that? Like, uh, are guys intimidated by you or, like, what's going on?
1: You know, if I had the answer, I wouldn't be single. So I have no <laughs> clue. Couldn't tell you. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, I'm I'm 28 years old. Um, I've been through relationships, ups and downs, Um the crazy thing about the L Sound being, you know, so involved with social media and, and what we do is everybody loves what they see at first, but when they get to really know what we do, how hard we train, and for me, I like a balance within life. I don't like too much of one thing. If, if it's too much, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. If you push me too, too, too far to my limits to the point where I hate it, I'm not going to do it. So for me, I have a balance between, you know, my lifestyle outside of football, outside of training you know outside of you know my friends um but i just i just it hasn't been the right time to find the right one i guess, and sometimes you know we we uh us playing in the l f l it it can be intimidating you know to any man or woman you know we do have um we do have girls that are um that are you know either lesbians and you know what not so it's not uh it's not just that you know we intimidate women too. Um, so in a sense, single life does get old because it's always nice as you're, you know, getting older to have somebody come to come home to, but I'm not in a sense trying to rush anything. So if you're scared of me at the end of the day, because I do what I do, well, then it's not for you.
0: (laughs) So, if guys are interested, where can they find you at on Instagram, Twitter? If uh...
1: yeah, I mean, it happens. It's not open to everybody. So, if I don't respond, don't take it personal. I do have, you know, um, I do have a, a selection of you know people that I talk to. But uh, yeah, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I, I try to respond to everybody, but I don't want it to be an open an open forum for every fan to think, hey, you know what? I have got a chance. I love my fans, don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to date every single one of you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, what is what is your handle on Twitter so people can follow you and, and find updates on what you're doing and the season and follow your uh, progress.
1: Um, it's the Gax LFL13.
0: Um,
1: it's the same for Twitter and Instagram. T H E G A
0: X L F L 13. Now, I also saw on Twitter you were talking about, you know, doing business meetings and promoting your mm-hmm. brand. Um, what are some of your uh, long term goals? Like, are you planning to branch out and, you know, do any kind of branding as yourself or you, you know, mm-hmm. your own business? Like, tell us about that.
1: Well, I mean, I don't want to say too much yet because, you know, nothing um, said in stone, but um, I have been brainstorming with uh, a group of people that, um, you know, have my best interests. Um, in a sense, it's, uh, you know, Mogax is, is a brand in and, in and of itself that um, I do know how big you know, it is or could be, Um, you know, I have people constantly, fans, wanting either merchandise, um, autographs, you know, um, appearances. And when I'm at either Raider Games or at USC, um, I have, you know, people sending me direct messages, hey, can I stop by and, you know, get an autograph or so forth and so forth. So, I mean, it's not even in a sense just the uh, the LFL. Um, You know, I have so many different um, connections within, you know, my USC community, um, within, you know, the Raiders, being a Raider fan and and a part of the Silver and Black, people are so receptive to that. Um, And then being a CrossFitter, you know, people are, um, what I've noticed are inspired by the things that I do within CrossFit. So um, I feel that um, branding, you know, Mogax and branching out from that, you know, and just kind of moving forward with just who I am as a person, and reaching out to the fans. um, There's good things that are coming of it. And I just kind of want to keep things in a sense where it's organized, where I can have, you know, a a meet and greet with Mogax at, you know, a Raider game instead of somebody just sending me a message. Hey, can I stop by and and take a quick picture, you know? So it's a matter of organizing, organizing things and giving, you know, the fans the best experience. Um, Again, fans are are uh, uh, that are mine um, are not just lFL fans. you know they they love what I do. They love the fact that i you know I'm a USC graduate. I played soccer at USC. I played soccer for the Mexican national team, and so forth. So there's so many different aspects that not just the lFL, but there's so many so many things that I have to offer that people appreciate that um you know that I'm hoping to develop something and like I said, nothing has been in stone. it's just been a brainstorming connection, but i you know I' connected with great people and I'm hoping that you know, great things come
0: of it. Well, I can definitely say I'm a huge fan now of your work. I'm, you know, following you and I I feel a little more informed now of what the LFL Mm -hmm. is and uh, I uh, wish you nothing but success and uh, hopefully, you know, you you continue to play many more years. It's just been an honor to have you on. Is there anything else you want the fans to know before you leave?
1: Um, If you haven't been to a game yet, I suggest when the season starts, um, get your butts to one of our games. You know, you're not going to You're not going to enjoy it as much as watching it on TV until you experience it live. Um, We do have an all-star game coming up in Guatemala, um, I believe, in December. So we're traveling down there to South America. Um, Also, we have Oxygen. um, There's there's a documentary series within the Chicago team that's airing next week, October 6th, um, on the Oxygen channel. So that's going to be a series to watch. It'll show you and take you inside the LFL and what it's like to really, really live a life of an LFL athlete.
0: Well, we thank you again, Monique. You're extremely sexy and beautiful and an inspiration for a lot of females out there, young and older, to uh, you know just knock down stereotypes and negativity and just keep doing what you're doing. So uh, we appreciate you calling in, and uh, we'll be talking to you real soon.
1: All right, awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Hi, this is Monique Yaxiola with the Los Angeles Temptation LFL Hall of Famer. You're listening to MMB Radio with Mixmaster Master Beam.